1: Welcome in episode one, two, three. There we go. Welcome oh, into episode. Fuck.
2: Dude, take fuck. the fucking fucking cow nuts out of your mouth. <laughs> Let's go.
1: Must be nice to just fucking turn on the mic and just answer questions, eh? <laughs> episode 359 after the whistle presented by seneca buffalo creek casino nothing else comes close your performance today on shred and ragged was outstanding by the way i think we should i always that. i always enjoy talking to those guys they're it witty sound like you were didn't sound like you were enjoying it it, it, it I know you love going on. I know you love talking hockey with them, but what I mean by that is that the subjects, you seemed very stressed about the subjects and the okay. questions that they were asking you about the Buffalo Sabres and how things are going with the team. By the way, Jeremy Rona coming up and we talk about a lot of Sabres with him. Patrick Kane's situation where he thinks he's going to sign. Uh, how unbelievable is Sidney Crosby still? And Connor Bedard. Uh, is not a generational talent, but that's a conversation with Jr. that we'll have. But today is a tough day in Buffalo, and it rolls right over from the Bills. A couple days, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. It rolls right over from the Bills Broncos, but I don't, I'm not going there. People aren't tuning in to hear us talk uh, more negatively about the Buffalo Bills. The Sabres yesterday, Kyle Oposo's 1,000th game, and let's just start by saying this. Congratulations to Kyle Oposo a class act in every sense of the word, an extremely hard worker, a very talented hockey player. 1,000 games is not an easy feat. This guy's had, as Craig, you would say, ups and downs and all arounds. And I think if you read an article that he wrote a few years ago, seeing him get to 1,000 games almost seemed impossible at that moment of that juncture of his life, his life, not even his career. Here he is. Last night, one thousandth game. It's unfortunate the way the game turned out. It's in infor- It's unfortunate how, uh, uh, how the team played in his one thousandth game. You did mention to Jr. and Shred and Reagan that he was the best player on the ice last night, which By is far, which By is far, which is. And no disrespect to Kyle, if he hears this, which is unfortunate. It's fortunate and unfortunate. Yep. But Kyle Oposo on any given night cannot be your best hockey player. I'm sorry, he can't. Yep. Things get worse. Tate Thompson gets hurt. He comes back. And then he gets hurt again with a worse injury, probably.
2: Yeah. They say is going to be some time out. Quite some time out. It's devastating for this team.
1: I thought Charlie McAvoy's play was kind of bullshit. I don't think there's intent to injure there, but I just I think it's I think it's bullshit. Don't know why, that I can. Why is that? Why is that? I don't know that I've ever stopped like that. I mean, I, I, I've definitely done that, where you stick your your foot out to try to like just get a piece of the guy. Just want to get a piece of him, and that's all. He was he was burnt. He was burnt, and if he slams on the brakes properly with his blade on the ice, he doesn't get a piece of Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson gets shot. That's all I'm saying. It's a last-ditch effort to try to get a piece of the player.
2: I don't think it was an egregious play in the sense that he was going knee on knee. Or no, his, I don't. It, think it so was gonna, It it's uh it's a play where, you know, I would expect Tage H- Thompson with his skill set to be able to kind of. Well, why does a guy go knee on knee, Craig? Does he go knee on knee to blow the other guy's knee out? No,
1: no, just to I, just to get a piece of him, right?
2: And I think like in this not, situation, we're not
1: talking all Samuelson on Cam Neely here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're talking about just a guy trying to get a piece of a guy getting by him because he's burned. And so that's all I think the Charlie McAvoy play was. I I think it should have been a penalty, but well, it should have been a tripping call. Absolutely. No no question. Let's move on. So that sucks for the team. Good thing. Olafson's scoring because if it's not for Olafson, man, we are fucked.
2: Yeah. what?
1: Just saying that, just for that reaction. I don't know what to say about this team. Owen Power. Am I allowed to say anything? I have no business commenting on Owen Power. I know what kind of player I was. Okay. He's struggling. Is he struggling or is he just is he just not good right if, now? I don't know if he's struggling. Okay. I I I find he's getting um, burned a lot. Was he not five goals on the ice for five goals one game the other night or yeah, four goals? Yeah, he was. I mean, I'm not saying it's all his fault, but I mean, uh, you know. The video I think, doesn't I think, lie. The video does not lie. The guy's he's playing in—he's playing he's in the six, best six,
2: league in the world. But he's
1: six six and he has no physical presence on the ice. Yeah, zero. Yeah, like it's, it's, you are six foot six and you have—and—and and again, oh my God, if I have—if I have someone's thinking like, oh, Peters wants power to throw his body around. No, that's not what I'm saying. Don't want him to be Chris Pronger. Be yeah, nice. that's be exactly nice. what
2: I'm saying. That's what. That's exactly what I would want him to do. What well, are you talking it's
1: about? His, it's on his
2: fucking DNA. So
1: to just maybe get him to box out a guy five inches shorter would be a fucking great start.
2: So you it's, have you have you have rookie youth, insanely youthful goaltending, the youngest in the league. I'm not and picking on Devin
1: Lee. I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm. I'm not doing it because listen, we don't need it's to not pick his on fault. It's not his fault that he's here. It's not his fault yep. that he's here right now.
2: It's it's I got his... Do you remember I got shit on like this was in August and we were talking about Devin Levi and I said I believe that he should be starting in the minors. Like he should be playing 30 25 30 games in the minors at least get um acclimated to a pro level game. Do you remember that? Remember how much yeah. shit I got? We talked about it for a week straight. Everyone oh. people were so mad at us. What do you know? What do you know? You don't know anything. Devin Levi is going to be unbelievable. He's going to win the rookie of the year. He's going to be the savior. We're going to make the playoffs. Well, how's that looking now? And guess what? When Devin Levi is struggling, you needed a veteran goaltender to be the number one. To be the number one. Not to have Devin Levi be the number one and you bring in a a backup because he's not ready. He's not ready. He's well, going to go through he's going to go through the grind which I love I love how you know Don Granado is speaking about the grind. I played him four games in a row because I want him to get the grind, feel the grind. What what? What goaltender in the league played four games in a row to start the season, especially a freaking rookie? The grind? You want him to feel the grind? No, you ease him in. You ease him in.
1: Yeah, I thought we put him in situations. Why did Matt Savoy get acclimated? But fucking Devin Levi gets chucked right to the Wolves, to the Rangers. (laughs)
2: That's a good hey, point. We That's we want Matt Savoy to get acclimated. He's going to play wing tonight. Yeah. Wing. Is... We're going to have him play wing, and we're gonna we're gonna keep him here for a week, and we're gonna practice so he can get up to speed. Because you know the <laughs> miners, the miners is shit. So we're going to get him acclimated up here in the NHL. But Devin Levi, you're gonna you're gonna want him to played feel the f- grind. He played three games.
1: He's so ready. Ugh, we shouldn't we shouldn't be like this. We're, we're we're not good people right now.
2: Well, if I'm not speaking, you know, how I feel, then number one, we shouldn't be doing this. And I'm not, I don't pretend to be perfect by any stretch of the imagination. This is only my opinion on these things. The thing is, the majority of people agree. There hasn't been a single person. I walk around Buffalo, whether it's at a hockey rink, grocery store, I go to a restaurant, we talk Sabres, because people want to talk Sabres with me, and they give their opinions, and I don't even give my opinion. They give their opinions, and they're talking the same way and the same thought that I have. I have nothing against Devin Levi. I think he's going to be a brilliant player in this league that's going to play in this league for a long time, but this is a really rough start for him. It's a start, rough start for the team. And now that Devin Levi has somewhat, I wouldn't say failed, because this is how do you fail when you're tw- when you're 21 years old? How do you fail when you're a, a rookie goaltender? You don't. No, fail. He's not
1: fail. He didn't fail. He's just experiencing. He's just. He's ex- look at this. I'm watching the highlights right now. He didn't
2: fail. He's just not in the right spot right now. I'm sorry. It's true. And that now can't. he's going to have to deal with something that he hasn't dealt with probably his entire life and what's that the adversity of not playing well and winning because this kid's been a stud look well, everywhere now, he's gone for a very long time
1: well what about the team in front of him are they helping because oh, years passed we've we've protected all mark we've protected now i'm going to say there were a couple times last night he looked like he was a fish out of water i mean there's the one where you know the shot from the point that finds the hole. It's like you got to seal that. There's the one in the bread basket early. The rebound off the crest. It's like you got to have that. These are these are these are not these are not to be pointed
2: at the team around you. Now that's two examples. So you did not address the goaltending. Now all of a sudden we're talking about Ukapecalukinen being a guy that has played so so well, and he was a guy that never even played how many games at the end of the season. They, they were like almost writing him off. They played Anderson over him. They played Comrie over him. Then you had uh, Levi that walked in and played seven games the last, what, eight or whatever. And you had Uka Pekaluka and never even, never even, not even a sniff. And now all of a sudden he's the guy that's going to save the team because you have Levi that's struggling. It shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the case. This should have been addressed in the offseason. If you're going to bring in a rookie goaltender, you make sure that you have a veteran goaltender to back him up, that the veteran goaltender is going to be the number one guy, not Devin Levi. They gave him the keys to the city, and now it's like, uh, it's not going the way it was planned. They needed a top four defenseman, a top four. They didn't go and address that. They needed help. They needed help on the forward line. Not scoring goals. Not scoring goals. They needed help to bring in some role players. Who but no the energy players. They brought team? back the exact forward group from last season. The exact forward group. Because thinking that hey, you know these guys are super young. They're going to continue to grow from year to year. And the, and the point is, you know what. Who are they learning from? And I don't know if they have those answers either. You know, Victor Olson, he had a nice game last night, scored two goals, meaningless goals, because the game was over. Five nothing after the half the game. Five nothing. Boston Bruins embarrassed the Buffalo Sabres once again at home. And Victor Olson scored two meaningless goals. How he is still on this team. I said this last year, how he's still on the team because Victor Olson is going to, go, going to score goals in this league. He's going to go to another team eventually, and he's going to score goals for that team. But this team did not need Victor Olson. They needed another piece, another player, another, a different type of player, and they didn't address it. And now we're in the same boat once again, Well, you're in a worse situation. You're in a worse
1: situation because last year, Tuck, Thompson, Skinner, Darlene, all your guys that had career years were all healthy all year for the most part. That's not the case right now. And when you lose Cage Thompson, there was no preparation for this. I'm excited for Casey Middlestad. This is going to be his opportunity. Tuck gets back. Maybe he plays with Casey. Maybe
2: this is an opportunity for Casey, Casey to step Middles up for that a number one center in this league. Well, we're going to find out. No, let me just ask my question on 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 most teams in the league. Is he a number one center? No. Is he a number two center? Well, let me ask determined. you this: Is you he a number two determined. center on our team? I asked you a simple question. Is he a second line center on this team? I don't think we have a second line.
1: We either have two thirds or two seconds. I don't. I think our second line and third line, the cousins line and middlestead line are, to me, almost identical.
2: Hmm. Uh, That's Not the answer uh, I was looking it. for. Okay, but fine. Stop. You pay a guy seven million dollars. When you pay a guy seven million dollars that scored thirty-one goals last year, and Dylan Cousins, who's twenty-two years old, you would think that he's a second line center. So Casey Middlestad is the third-line center on this team. Like it or dislike it, he is the third-line center. And on most teams in the league, he's not going to be a second-line center. Some teams he would be, but most teams not. Casey Middlestad is a very good hockey player. It's an opportunity. It is an opportunity for someone on this team. And it's going to be a young guy because they're all young. One of these young guys, Peyton Krebs, for an example, who struggled this year to find his spot in the lineup every given night. He has not found it yet. He is a player that has to take this opportunity. Players like him need to take this opportunity. He has in the past.
1: He has. But he'll be
2: taking, uh, you know, he's going to be in a situation to take a bigger role, a bigger role than he's played since he's come to Buffalo.
1: Can I ask you a question? I I don't want to ignore the elephant in the room. The Bills just fired their offensive coordinator, and I am not anywhere near close to saying that the Sabres situation is, is the same. How much of this actually sits on Don Granado? We never criticize this guy because we, in general, everyone loves this guy. He's a very nice, likable guy. He shows no emotion in his press conference, which is fine to some, fine to the other. I guess I don't really give a shit, but it doesn't seem like he shows any emotion on the bench. It certainly doesn't. I, I know Matt Ellis. I don't think he's going to be the most emotional guy in the locker room. Marty Wilford doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to lose his shit to the, to the boys. And Christie's... You don't know, gotta just be really fucking happy to be there.
2: Hey, yeah, what are you asking? Is this a coaching thing? Is
1: part of it a coaching thing? You know what? I, I think, don't even want to put you in a position. Well, to answer listen, that. I mean, the I'll coaches, say that it is. I'll say that it is. Okay. I'll say that it is. You want to know what's wrong with the power play? You got some high priced, high talented players, and no one that can speak to them that can match that. Okay, yeah. Penalty kill, maybe one thing. Matty Ellis, a very smart, defensively minded guy. You know, Don Granado. I don't think I've ever seen him out coach anybody yet. I don't think I've ever seen him. And you're going to say, "Oh, maybe he doesn't have the players." And so, okay, so so yeah, then right. there, then then now we're talking about a disconnect. Yeah, right then let's talk about the disconnect between the coach and the GM then. Whose vision is this? Because if you're going to sit here and tell me that the GM and the coach want this fucking group of forwards on the ice every night, then neither one of them should be doing what they're doing. Who are the energy players on the Buffalo Sabres? Who are your energy forwards? Who's your Brad Marchand? Yeah. A fucking pulse. The rink was dull. It's unfucking real, man. This this it's so Mickey Mouse around here. It's so it's no things aren't different, Craig. Things aren't different. everyone's just everyone's happy to be here. That's the only difference is you actually all your players are happy to be here. Well, that's a fucking problem too. <laughs> Come on in. It's cozy and warm in here. No matter what, win, lose or draw. Come on, Donny's not going to yell. Food's going to be hot. Chefs are going to be. Jr. mentioned get rid of, make it uncomfortable take away their chefs be fucking serious breakfast at home what are you talking about tell me how you really feel it's just there's no there for me there's no energy with this team i can accept losing with star players being hurt those things happen if you don't have the players to step up and fill the void obviously the players that you're missing are key pieces my point to all of this craig is that even when that happens where's the energy Where's the appearance that you care that you're losing? Where's the appearance that you care that you want to keep your fan base? That's all I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it was Boston. I, I don't I don't I don't know what to say. Pittsburgh and Boston, two eggs. Two legendary franchises in the last fifteen years. I, I don't know. Maybe we're being too critical. Who's in the minors that can save us? Who's in, Who's anyone in junior that can save us?
2: Is the answer Jesus? Let's go get JR. Hey, Andrew. You ever been in a car crash? I know you have because you're a terrible driver. But fortunately for me, I haven't. But I know who I'd call if it ever happened to me. Call our friends at Salino Law. 800-555-5555. For a car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555.
1: You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills. Just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details.
2: All right, JR, got to quickly mention
1: just got to say JR segment presented by whiskey in the wild and snipes and stripes available on the no filter network
0: we're how's that we're going we're getting a lot of listeners from from after the whistle we had a nice uh, nice guest on from buffalo uh last week that was a lot of fun and was um you know we talked about uh our show here and obviously big buffalo fans but big after the whistle fans so the correlation and the intertwine uh, uh, of the two shows are really, really helping out. So appreciate it.
1: Well, so what were they asking you anything about the Sabres?
0: Um, no, that actually they were, they were, they were going to uh, Tim for some referee calls, which is great, you know? So again, you leave it to uh, a savvy fan from a very savvy hockey, hockey state and hockey city to, uh, to want to ask about referee calls and to know the, the the right and the wrong, the bad and the good, and to ask why a referee was is would be doing something of this nature or why the call was made. I don't know exactly what it was, but I do remember that he was focused on Tim, which is a lot of fun.
1: Greg just did uh, ninety-seven Rock here in Buffalo, and he had a lot to say this morning. I yeah, mean, I mean, I think
0: it's, I think, I think you should. It's, I mean, Buffalo didn't even bother to show up last night. They, they
1: picked this. They picked the Sabers apart.
0: Yeah, but again, here's another situation where the, the the Buffalo Sabres have a great chance at home to make a statement and to tell them their team that they can compete. And they have the arch rival Boston Bruins coming in. You know that they're going to have some of their fans in the building because they're an the original six. And there's nothing that Buffalo should want more and show more than a, a gritty – ready to go attitude to start a game. And they literally came out and Boston from the first drop of the puck was all over them. They scored three minutes into the game, five minutes into the game. And by that time, the game was over because the domination and I I just, again, we've talked about this with Buffalo and I'll be interested to hear what Wives says, because I, I love the rant that you just had, but the, what bothers me so much about teams that are on the cusp of either being good teams or remaining pitiful, poor teams are the fact that you can't get up for a big game against a, a an interdivision rival and against a team that is number one in the, in the league. Mm-hmm. And to play like that, to me, that is a okay. big red flag.
1: How about this, too? Here's to your thousandth game, Kyle Oposo. Let's go lay a big shit right at center
2: ice. Well, Again, he was by was- far... And I mean by far the best saber on the ice last night. And that's not saying much. Okay. For you know, you know, obviously Kyle playing in his thousandth game. He was he was buzzing all over the ice. There wasn't one guy that even remotely came close to his level of urgency work. Well, and work. Maybe this didn't want to overshadow him in his night, you know. Oh my god, it's pathetic, man. It's pathetic to watch absolutely pathetic. I sat there just like every other Sabres fan who's sitting there saying, "How about I'm really excited about this. It's Kyle Poos' 1000th game. It's a massive game. You have the Boston Bruins, the top team in the Eastern Conference coming into your into your um into your um arena. And we're going to put on a show. We're going to show the league that we are here, okay? And all of a sudden it's just just, they look so young on the ice. It is mind blowing. You have it's, Owen it's, Power, it's, it's... and I don't want to shit on Owen Power, but holy shit balls, man! Like losing the losing a a battle directly one foot in front of your net is completely unacceptable. Watching him when this when the Bruins come flying into the crease. You know, and there's a little bit of a push and shove, and he's standing there at six foot six, two hundred and twenty pounds, like he's literally got an entire dozen eggs around his uh waist, and he doesn't want to break any of them. <laughs> this this is unacceptable. Yep. It's unacceptable. But here's the thing you know what even more is unacceptable is how Kevin Adams didn't address any of this. Youngest team in the bloody league, JR. We got five goals. Five goals and yes. not even a period and a half and they have to they have to, to pull the golden boy the guy that was going to change the organization in nets and I'm sitting there thinking to myself he's not played a game he's played seven games at the end of the year last year and now all of a sudden we're just going to think that this guy is going to run a full season in the NHL guess what he ain't playing D1 hockey anymore kid
0: yeah it's becoming an epidemic right it, it, when, when when you see this happen over and over again um it, it becomes it becomes a cancer it becomes a disease inside the team when you when you can have and like you said especially when the, your captain's playing in your thousands game Jesus Christ you can't play for your captain and have a little energy to play for your captain there's there's something wrong with the chemistry on that team number one and there's something wrong with the mental preparation that these guys are doing they're not ready to play. And whether that's a coaching thing that the coach is not it is a coaching thing.
1: Up. It's a coaching thing. Okay, I'm sorry. sorry. It is a coaching thing, and I, he might be a he might be a good developer, skilled guy, whatever. I don't know what they're learning in practice. I've never been to one of his practices, but I can tell you this: when I would, <clears throat> I played for two coaches in the NHL. You guys played for a lot more than I did but I played for Lindy Ruff and Jacques Lemaire. And when you went out and practiced the day before a game, what you did in that practice was supposed to correlate in the game. I have no clue what they were doing in a game. No no idea. They have no fire. They have no jump. It just seems like this team is flat. And that's not the coach's job. Is that the coach's job to get the players ready? No, but at the same time, it might be a little bit of the coach's job to light a fire under these guys' ass.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, is 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 he making these guys accountable in practice? Is he, he doesn't make them, them in?
1: accountable in games, Jr. He doesn't sit anybody. No one misses shifts. You can turn a puck over or be six foot six and lose a battle to a guy five eleven.
0: I mean, it's, and 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 get and
1: guess what? Get, right, go right back out the next shift. Go ahead, bud. Go ahead. You're only twenty one. You're only twenty one. You're in the NHL. You're only twenty one. You don't need to learn. You'll learn well, through your mistakes.
0: Well, the problem is, there's no accountability anymore for poor play when your team shows an absolute lackluster performance and effort. And like you said, it's because all of a sudden you can't yell at these kids, you can't talk to them because they're they're spoiled, they're 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 rich, they're entitled, and this is what happens. You, teams like Buffalo will lose. So much money because fans will stop coming. They won't make the playoffs, and but these kids don't. They don't see past their own shadow. Okay, they don't take into consideration all the things, the repercussions of their poor play, or them not being prepared, or them not supporting their teammates, and what. But ends on this up coming on this of team,
1: it? Jr. Paychecks are always there paychecks are always there ice ice times always available the food is always warm
0: that's why they're not that's why they're not worried that's why they're not worried if you play terrible and you don't give an honest effort and and you don't get chastised for it or you don't have repercussions of getting sat benched up in the stands or one of your teammates doesn't call you out then the, the the this will repeat
2: what, it's do a, it's, mean, what do you, did you just say teammate calling you out? Who the hell is going to do that I, on this right. team? The, well, the old guys on this team, Jr. the old ones on the team are 26. The old guys are, are uh, a, a Jordan Greenway or a Tage Thompson. But then you yeah, have
1: a not, whole slew enough, of guys that are separation. There isn't enough separation of respect either. You know, like it's not like you have a twenty-three-year-old Landeskog or Crosby. No, no, I, no or listen, I, no,
0: listen. You, you guys are full of shit right now. Because the, I can, I can, you can have somebody. Like it, it can get to a point, okay? And I'm gonna, like, I'll, I'll, I'll call out Casey Middlestat. Casey Middlestat's been on that team for a little while. He's been there. He's gone through this, through this drubbing of a, of a, of a team of losing. Like I don't care. I don't give a shit if you're 24. Do you care? If you haven't learned,
2: if you haven't learned, JR, it's not about caring. He's not learned in his first five years in the league. He hasn't learned from one veteran because there hasn't been veterans on the team. He's dealing with guys that are, that that are the exact same age as he is. And yes, he's an older guy on the team. Like he's been on the team for like what? Five years been in this league five years,
0: but it's got to come from somewhere. And and, it, and maybe that would maybe that would make him more accountable. But well, I somebody, think too somebody has to say something. I mean, if everybody looks around the room and say, "Are you going to say something? Are you going to say something? Are you going to say something?" Well, the guys That's- that normally
1: say something are the guys that normally say something are the ones that that um, know how to go out and then do something after they say something. I don't yeah, think I, I ever it. have seen a guy step up in a locker room, lose his shit, and then go out and not really do anything much. No. There's one guy in the forward group that I think has the capability of actually doing that, and that's Dylan Cousins, without question. So, he's
2: twenty. He's twenty-two.
1: He-
2: he's twenty-two. Like, I'm, I'm
1: with JR, though. I don't think that matters. Do you think? Yes, it does matter. John Taves. think it mattered to John
2: Taves. Twenty-two-year-old was- players when I played didn't say a fucking thing. Those guys are now the captains of the team. Do you think they were speaking? Hold on, Jr. You think Sidney well, Crosby Landis was speaking when he was nineteen and twenty and twenty-one? No, he didn't. They he didn't say a word. You when know you why? Cousins because was they twenty-two. Had Bill Guerin, they had uh, yeah. Mark Recchi. Okay, but what they had All these guys.
0: Okay, but so let me ask you this question. Let's let's change the mentality of what you're thinking. Oh, you're too young. You haven't done this. You haven't done that. Let's let's change the mentality. Let's let's say that. Okay, so somebody does now do that, okay? Is this a guy that maybe can maybe turn out to be one of those future leaders by starting early and saying something and then challenging himself to back up his words and then go start playing and start playing the way you're supposed to do? There's, There's no rules in the locker room, okay? There's unwritten rules kind of. But when it gets to a point where nobody's saying something, sometimes those unwritten rules have to be have to be broken. And at some point, who cares who says it, whether it's a rookie on a team that just got there and said, are you shitting me? Is this what the National Hockey League is all about? And then he has to go out and do you something. You know
2: that that is not going to happen,
1: Jr. But Dylan Cousins actually can. The guy's sitting there with a broken face okay. because he went out and fought Hathaway at the end of a game when he probably shouldn't have even been on the ice. There you
2: go. You just you just proved the perfect point that I we're know. sitting here talking about one player that you feel could stand up and and say something to an, ignite a room. And I'm sitting there thinking this, this kid's point, 22 Riff. years old. We're fucking putting this on on Dylan Cousins? No. Yeah, but even, even more That's so. A but, great even idea. More so
0: but even more so, Riff. I think you're being a little harsh on on the age and and all that stuff because somebody needs to say something. But I I do think of what you're saying. We're sitting here talking about one person that could do it. When you're looking at a team and say only one person you think could do it, that's scary enough as it is. You should have three or four or five guys that should be eligible or should speak up and and start throwing some verbal jabs in that locker room. And the fact that we're not –
1: Aren't there obvious suspects on every team, too? Like when you walk into a locker room after a first period like that, are you not like, "Oh, my god, okay, Go
0: you guys you guys are there. You watch this team every single day. Who, with the exception of Kyle Poso, who on that team, would you guys expect to be that um that ass kicker?
1: They're hurt. They're hurt. Like Tuck is a guy that I think could. Spe- he's hurt. Tage Thompson left last night limped off, and now he took a slap shot in the arm. He's he's. So what?
0: I don't care if you're hurt. You don't have to be playing in order. I, I mean I when I was in Chicago in the early '90s, I I we had guys that came out in the locker room that were up in the up in the press box watching the game, and literally ripped us a new asshole. So. You don't have to be playing.
1: Like that's what I want to know too. Like, so you have such little leadership. Clearly, we've established that. So what? So what experience does the coach have with all
0: this? Well, I I don't know what what just, Ronaldo I, does. I don't. I Just, don't know just
1: asking. I, just just. I mean, John listen, Tortorella. John Tortor- John Tortorella. I think that we know when John Tortorella is on the other bench and his team is losing five one or winning five one that we know what we're going to. Yeah, we're going we know what we're gonna get.
0: He's snapping. There's no question. And I'll tell you right now, I know John Tortorella has brought guys into his locker room, into his office. Okay. Listen, Philly's playing Philly's playing some pretty good hockey this year, a lot better than I thought they would. I think they're in a better position than everybody thought they would be. And I think John Tortorella is doing it has brought guys into the locker room and has kind of said pretty much has laid the gauntlet down on how they need to play. Because they're playing better than they played last year. They're playing more physical. They're playing more like flyer hockey. But is is Granado bringing his leaders into his room and saying, "Boys, like I can only do so much." Where, where oh. what are you guys doing? Like, who's yelling? Who's
2: again? Who, who's the who, leader? Is Rasmus Dahlin expected to stand up in the room and snap? He's making. 10 I don't million give years. a shit how much he's making. I don't yes, care how much true. he's making. He's this leader. is not about how much he's making. He is an insanely off the chart talented hockey player that will make this team better every single moment he is on the ice. He's he's that good. So why so but, why can't he say something?
0: Why? Why?
2: I'm sure that he does, Jr., but I think when you look at Rasmus. Um, and, and this is just my, there's I a big this. difference between a veteran and I say a veteran Rasmus Dahlin has been in the league since he was 18 years old. He's now 23. He's been in the league a number of years and he's been absolutely insane, um, with how he's developed and everything else. I just don't see him as the guy that is, is, uh, throwing down the gauntlet in the room. To spark somebody, to spark the guys, he just needs to worry about playing great hockey. Th- then there's other guys. This is what I'm talking about, role players. How many times did uh, did Adam Mayer, who is a role player on our team, speak in meetings, Petey? He did it all the time. Guys respected it. him, he, even though he was on the fourth line. Guys respected him because of his demeanor and how aggressive well, his work and ethic, strong his, his work ethic, and everything
1: toughness. He was I, a penalty killer. Gonna, uh, he was responsible. I'm, I'm going
0: to uh, I'm going to heavily, heavily disagree, and I would be very disappointed that if I'm making ten million dollars a year, and I don't care if I speak the language very well or I'm shy, there comes a point. When losing becomes so brutal and your life in the locker room becomes so um, uninteresting and not fun that there has to be some something that sparks a a reaction And Riv, I love you to death and but if there's anybody that can say something and nobody will say anything to him is Erasmus Dalene, who is a, a halt with? who is an all-star, who is one of the highest paid defensemen in the league, who has been there five years, who does play the right way. And I don't care if it's not in your DNA. There, there has to be some sort of change or care for your team that you have to, sometimes you have to get, get step outside your comfort zone and do what's best for the team. Hey, maybe guys call you names or get mad at you. But what's the alternative? Continue down the same road and allow the same shit to happen. I, it's I. I don't. I don't
2: know. I don't know who's keeping each other accountable in the room. That's my my thing. Is it Caliposo? Is that is that the guy? Caliposo is one guy.
0: I know. But this, no no this is also no No disrespect.
2: This is
1: also. I don't know. Maybe you guys tell me to edit this out. Maybe this is too harsh, but this is kind of this is this is Kyle in that position right now. Like, isn't this kind of like his bon voyage tour? No offense. Like, just, no, just I, being I, I, honest, like I, yeah, I mean, whether it is, does, he does, does he want to be in his last year, you know, kicking these guys in the ass and trying to go out that way? Does he, he want to
0: be, does he want to be in his last year losing and missing the playoffs?
1: He, he, he's going to that's that's going to happen this year okay
0: well then unfortunately if I'm leaving, as of if I'm, last night is official if, if i'm leaving i'm i'm, I'm leaving a mark if that's how i'm leaving i'm leaving a mark
2: listen there's a lot of happy guys it's a friendly little environment everybody loves to play in buffalo and loves to be here and they're all happy well you know what i mean at some point in time this shit gets old and it's gotten old for uh, over a decade and they've oh. moved in the i'm gonna you're gonna hear all the bullshit we're moving in the right direction we're super young we'll still we're still learning we're still this we're still that enough enough yeah. with the shit enough with the bullshit here's the thing this is my opinion jr kevin adams dropped the ball man
0: yeah well listen when kevin, you have a you know, when you, you know have when you give the now? keys to the city to a
2: goaltender well, who has not played in the league before and has not addressed the goaltending, that is an issue because Devin Levi is going to be a very good goaltender, but it might take him two to three years to get to where they need him. There should have been a goaltending signing to support Devin Levi. We needed a top four defenseman. Top four. Yeah. Not two sixes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well this isn't is, they
2: didn't they didn't address uh, one player, not one yeah. single player on the forward line and brought in yeah. an 18-year-old Zach Benson.
0: Well, you know what I would do? You know what I would do? Like I wonder, I wonder if they're going to practice this morning, they're having tea and crumpets in their little great little in their great little dining room that they have with their chefs making the I, bet, breakfast. You even, you know I bet, listen, bet you they don't even bet you they don't
1: even fucking skate today.
0: No, listen to me. So you know what? If, if I were the coach or I were, or Adams, you know what? I tell the chefs that are there making the guys breakfast, don't come to the rink. Okay. Put, put, put granola bars on the table. All right. Make sure their practice is an hour and a half and, and just work on things and work on things for an hour and a half. Like, and make sure, and, and there's no, then no days off. You guys don't want to work in games. Then we're gonna make your life miserable when you come to this beautiful rink that has every single amenity possible. You know what? <laughs> do you, Can't do you remember go, when we'd no be No hot losing. tubs for you. No hot tubs for you. Hot tubs are off off limits. Gone. See ya.
1: Remember when coaches started to take away all the luxury items? <laughs> like, you know? like,
0: hey, listen. Take all the cokes out. Take all the cokes. All the just put water in. And let's make their life a miserable hell. Yeah.
1: Country club's clothes boys. Because Country if, you guys
0: closed, want, closed. If, if you guys want to play like this, if you guys want to play like this, you want to play like a bunch of amateurs, we're going to treat you like a bunch of amateurs. And until, until you know, their life becomes uncomfortable, the same actions repeat themselves. So, I don't What's know. What's the
1: biggest question you have for the locker room today? This is the biggest question I have before we change gears to Connor Bedard not being a generational talent and Sidney Crosby's washed up and done with 10 goals in 14 games. But before we get to that, what is the one thing that I'm wondering about practice today at the rink in Buffalo? Is there music on in the stereo when they walk in the room? That's a clear indicator of what kind of mood it is. Uh, uh, do you not agree? Or was there always music on in your room, JR? Every t- even after a loss? No,
0: Mm-mm. no, no. After a bad loss when we were really bad, there's no music. Everybody, it, you walked in, it was quiet. And you knew it was going to be an awful day. You knew it. You know, I mean, we went up to practice one time with the, with Mike Keenan, and we had a terrible game the night before, and there's no music on. It was quiet. Keenan's, all the coaches' doors are closed. We go up to practice, we walk up the stairs of the United of, of uh, the old Chicago Stadium. It was 26 step, steps from top to bottom. We walk up. All that was on were the exit lights. Okay? That's all you saw. And there's no nets. There was no, no pucks. Uh-huh. And we got up there and we started skating around, you know, just wet, you know, warming up, stretching. 30 minutes later, no coach, no lights, no nothing. Okay? So some guys are sitting on the bench. Some guys are sitting on the ice. Some guys are still skating. All of a sudden, Mike Keenan comes up and the coaches, the assistant coaches come behind him. He comes up walks on the ice with a folding chair, no stick, folding chair, goes to center ice, opens up the folding chair, sits on it, says half the guys in the goal line, half the guys in the sideboards. We all lined up. He goes, he goes, you know, Roenick line, Hudson line here and by lines. And he sat there, blow the whistle down and back. We went down and back, blew the whistle over and back. 15 minutes, switch, goal line, boards, boards, goal line. Back forth, back forth for another twenty minutes. Finally, guys are get, getting like sick. Guys are getting pissed. Guys are yelling and screaming. Trent Yanni, who wasn't one of Mike Keenan's favorites, stops skating at the red line on one of the on one of the. This is forty five minutes in. Mike Keenan goes. Trent Yanni, go again. Trent Yanni goes all the way back down, comes back, stops skating at the top of the circles. Trent, go again. Trent goes down, comes back, stops just short of the goal line. Trent, go again. Now, meanwhile, all of us are just done. like, thank goodness we get a break. Trent Yanni gets so mad, and Trent Yanni never hit anybody. He was a, he was very uh, just a, he was a great player, but he was just wasn't he wasn't mean. Trent Yanni on the fifth time that Mike Keenan told him to go up and down, skated right through the middle of, of the rink and absolutely destroyed Mike Keenan off the off the off the chair. Get out of here! Boom! Boom! Knocked him right off the chair. And Mike Keenan goes. <laughs> Mike Keenan, and Mike Keenan goes. It's about time you hit somebody, fucking Yanni. Everybody off the ice, right? Everybody no, off the um, ice. Yeah. That's so, a
1: bullshit story.
0: Nope. And as we're going off, Dennis Savard in his French accent goes, Is if I knew that's all we had to do to get off the ice, I'd hit Mike Keenan first, fucking shift.
1: Fred <laughs> <laughs> Yanni was my brother's coach. In North. I love,
0: I love, I love Trent He was, such, loved a, he was him. such a he was such a great teammate and just wouldn't hurt a fly. Just he was just very honest, but he he got mad and he hit Keenan right off that chair, and we were off the ice. Yeah. Um that doesn't happen anymore. So
1: Craig Reve, quote, let me just pull this up from the paper back from I think it was, I think it was like early October. Hold on. Connor Bedard is not a generational talent. <laughs> End quote. Nine goals, thirteen games, four points last week. Two points to follow.
0: All right. Let, let, How, let, how's
1: Chicago feeling, Jr.?
0: So this is. I gave Connor Redard a C plus after six games. Okay, after six games, I gave him a C plus. Um, he he went two games, two two out of three games without a shot on net, without a point, without uh, a minus player, and and under fifty percent on the faceoff circle. So for through six games, and I think it wasn't all his fault because obviously he's learning the game. It's early in the season. The media was all over this kid, and it was just ungodly what the media was doing to Connor Bedard. I think he, I think the pressure was immense everywhere he went, every place he went to, uh, every time he opened up NHL.com or NHL Network, he was the he was the lead guy, and that's hard for a young kid. And I think. What's happened over the last two weeks, three weeks, the media has kind of left him alone. He hasn't been the focal point of the of the NHL media. He's I think he's allowed now to go out, enjoy the game a little bit more. Yeah. I think yeah. he's getting used. I think he's getting used to the pace a little bit more. Yeah, they I were think relying the on is, him a
1: lot for storylines at the start. I think of the, the year. pressure,
0: the pressure yeah. subsided a little bit. I think no. his teammates have said, listen, you know, don't worry about the media. We're here for you. And now the kid's playing dynamite hockey, scoring goals, doing what he's supposed to do, and he looks like he's having fun. So regardless if he's a generational player, uh, he's finding his niche and he's making Chicago fans excited of what could be, the, you know, the future for, for Bernard in Chicago. I, I really love how he's been playing. I mean, he's an eight plus right now over the last – four or
2: five games where is patrick kane going to end up well hey, yeah. hold on a second here you're going to sit there and no, shit yeah. in my cornflakes <laughs> <laughs> and then all <laughs> of a sudden i don't get to respond well, to your bullshit no we're t- trying to oh, okay. i want to move on, go, on. go ahead jr awesome. i want to awesome hear from our...
0: riff. hey riv that was awesome <laughs> i want shit or... all the time i want to hear from our guests go. i don't need oh, to oh yeah here, go here riff. go riv go ahead
1: craig
2: generational talent Was he a generational talent after the first six games? Yes or no? Well, no one said he's going to Was he a generational generational talent after the first six games? Answer the fucking question.
0: No. Okay.
2: But now all of a sudden, he gets four points and he scores a bunch of goals, and he's now all of a sudden within five games, a generational talent. So obviously, you don't know what a generational talent is. So we'll re we'll we'll talk about Connor Bedard. We'll talk about him in a couple of years from now, okay? And I didn't say that he wasn't going to be a great hockey player. He's he's a point producing freak. He's done it his entire life. But let me tell you, we talked about generational talents. There's generational talents go to generational talents, and there's only like what three of them that are that are that we've seen in the last thirty years.
0: One of them is proving it every single night. He's every on the ice every
2: single night. He is a highlight film.
0: S- Sidney Crosby with ten goals, nineteen twenty points. And what was the guy years? after him, 20, Jr.? 30, what was 20, the guy 30? after him? Alex Ovechkin. No. Oh, after him. No, after him. Connor McDavid. Connor okay,
2: McDavid. and who is who is before Sidney Crosby?
0: Well, you could put you could put Lindros or Mario Lemieux.
2: Lindros and then before that, uh, 10 years before Mario, con- Mario. you know, so you guests. have it, it seems like a generational talent comes every 10 years, um, or so. And uh has it been is Connor McDavid been in the league 10 years? He's been in the league what I would say I seven, eight.
0: I think this is a set, eight year, yes. Yeah, so
2: Petey, years. Petey, you might be right here because we are at that point where we're an eight. 10 year span where you get another kid that comes out of the woodwork who becomes a generational talent. I'm not willing to give him a generational tag until he plays a multitude of years at elite level where he is 10 times better than the next player. Okay. Thanks for Anyways, clarifying. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Thanks for allowing but, but, it. Man, but, but, I the feel media, but the, so but good the about media, it.
0: but the media, media will, will pin a generational player status on somebody because that's their job. But for us, we don't have to.
1: Let's sell the game. Create excitement.
0: Love watching Sidney Crosby play.
1: Ageless I mean, Wonder man.
0: You know, it's uh it's such a breath of fresh air. You know, I, I told you guys I didn't like Sydney Crosby for the longest time. I mean, one because I'm Philadelphia and East Pittsburgh and I just can't stand that that rivalry that 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 team. But the respect for that team is is immense with me, and, and the way that Sidney Crosby has evolved as a player, as a leader, as a, just an absolute, just cons- consistent most consistent um, performer is I, I, it's it's mind-boggling to me. You know, he's amazing. Truly, is amazing.
1: I, I don't think anybody really saw this season coming along right now. Ten goals, fourteen games. Penguins started off on a slow foot, and here they are. They're starting to heat up a little bit. I just can't get over this guy, man.
0: He he has what the new generation doesn't. He's got a he's got a burning inner inner burn to be great every night, to be the best. And I think he gets embarrassed when he's not, and I think he takes it personally when he doesn't, and I think he goes home. And I think he thinks about it. I think it bothers him. And I think he he goes back to the rink the next day and does something to overcompensate for what he does. He doesn't just say, oh, well, it just happened. It's okay. And he goes home and sleeps well. I don't think Sidney Crosby does that. Why there was a tremendous
2: that. amount of talk, JR, a tremendous amount of talk that Patrick Kane was very interested in the Buffalo Sabres. Not saying it was a done deal or whatever, just saying that... Patrick Kane has time. He has lots of time. There's no rush to pick a team, but what, what does that do to the Sabres when you literally lose your best player for, it seems like quite, it's going to be some time. I don't know if that means a month or two months. Um, It seemed like he took a shot in the hand, uh, blocked a shot on the power play uh, or on the penalty kill. Sorry. And,
0: Listen, I would have thought I would have thought that Patrick Kane would have signed in Buffalo before the season. But now that we're seeing what's happening in Buffalo, Patrick Kane's not going to go someplace and lose every night. Patrick Kane's not going to go someplace and miss out in the playoffs. He's going to go someplace that is that he's going to have an opportunity to win wherever that might be. That there's going to give him an opportunity. You know, uh, to me, I, I don't see Patrick Kane. Just going in just to make a paycheck and just go home and retire I, without I, you
1: know I I think with what's happening, you just you, you just touched on where I'm going, but I agree with you with everything you're saying. He's not coming to Buffalo this year. Not now. Age is out. It's there's no way. But what he'll do is he'll sign somewhere for the rest of this season and then he'll come back next year. He'll eventually
0: he will retire That's, at Buffalo State. Yeah, you know, I don't I, I don't I'm disagree with you. I don't disagree with you.
1: I, I just I think I think after watching what's gone on, the injuries, talks hurt, the goaltending situation. Now you have tages out significant time. No, not this year. He'll sign up. He'll sign a one year deal somewhere. And then he'll come and sign here next year. And that's just nothing. I know just makes the most sense based on where the team is going right now.
0: And it sucks
1: because Again, I want it to this, happen so badly,
2: but is the team ready is the team truly ready right now to to make the jump to being a playoff team? And I just don't know if they are. I just see too many mistakes by too many young players. Um and and, and the the um older players are not old. They're 25, so, they're 26, they're 27. That's not okay. an that's that's young this- still.
0: So if I'm Patrick Kane, I'm just gonna just if I'm Patrick Kane, I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna consider um salary caps, okay, because I don't know everybody's salary caps. So I'm just not gonna sit here. I'm just gonna look at teams. If I was Patrick Kane, that would match his style of play, his demeanor, his maybe wanting to play at this at this age. Number one, for me, maybe LA Kings. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, I don't know their caps, but those are great places to play when you're 38 years old at the end of your career, 39 years old, still got some gusto. Why not? Why not there? Dallas, another fun place to live. Their team is good. I don't know their, you know, their dynamics. You know, maybe there. So, and I think Detroit. I think I. <laughs> Detroit is he, it's where he grew up playing when he was a kid. He's got his DeBrinket friend there who he loves playing with. You know they're looking that they could be better, but I, I think those are the those are the four teams that I would kind of pinpoint. How about Vancouver? Vancouver's the highest scoring team in the league by a fucking long shot. What 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 Rick Tockett is doing with that team is nothing short of miraculous. I just think there's a mentality there now. I think Rick Tockett has is, is built a mentality at allowing these kids to play, but still understanding that their 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 role. Who's not Who's not going to come into that locker room and not be accountable to Rick Tockett?
2: How do you How do you go? You know, from Brock Besser, who's been name's been thrown around in every single trade known to man, he was, he was coming here to Buffalo last year, by the way. I mean, he was a guy that we were looking at, I think from what I hear, not that I know anything, but I, I will, I will sit there and say, are they going to trade him now? 12 goals in 15 games, 18 points plus 12. Is that the Brock Besser that they knew? or what, what happened there? You know, like, obviously I think we know that he was in a very, very difficult time last year because I think his father passed away and dealing with that, um, could have been quite a distraction for him, but, uh, he's come into this season. I can't believe how good this team is.
0: I just think, I think Tockett deserves a lot of credit, a lot of credit for allowing this team who has a lot of talent and then look at that, look at that, those there's top five guys in that team. They could play and they got talent. And I think Tockett's allowing them to you to play the style of game that they want to play when they have the puck. And when they don't have the puck, get your ass back. And I think these kids are having a lot of fun playing. Pedersen's having a lot of fun. Hughes is having yeah. a lot of fun. Bester's having a lot of fun, and you know why they're having a lot of fun because they're scoring goals and they're winning games. Like look at, look at the stats on that team; it's it's mind boggling. And right now, Rick Tockett is for sure, in my opinion, the, the, the coach of the year with Montgomery. But um, we, I think, all of us would be kind of remiss if we just didn't talk about Matt Petgrave. Yeah, this this goes to show you the uh, the 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 brutality of the actions that Matt Petgrave had. Um, because if this goes beyond hockey. This goes this goes into life, and this goes into um, dangerous dangerous decisions made by people that cost people their lives. Even people that don't know hockey, even people that don't watch hockey, it's a. I believe it's it's a just clear across the board understanding that this guy did something extremely wrong something extremely dangerous that cost somebody their life. And I'm really, I feel bad for Matt Peckrave. I really do. And I'm sure a lot of people do, but he made the decision and he made the, the irresponsible and stupid decision to do what he did and that he's going to be held accountable. And I think it was the right call by the authorities. What's going to happen to him? I don't know because it still is a sporting event and intent is always hard, but still, um, somebody lost their life and there needs to be repercussions or consequences of somebody making a, a decision that costs somebody their life. So I actually, I, am I'm, I'm um, I just want to say that's, I, I thought that the right call was made through the authorities for this to happen. And it was a terrible day for hockey. It was a terrible day for, for both families, especially the Johnson family, you know um, but we, we have seen precedence right now. This is only the second time, Ever that someone has been charged with murder in in hockey happened back in 1992 in the Italian League. Now this is the second, so I mean, I just hope this people think because of these decisions that are coming out.
1: Let me ask you something. So, what did you think about Wayne Gretzky said on TV a while ago? And I, don't, I can't remember if it had anything to do with this hit or not. But um, why is there a hitting in all these other leagues? I mean. Do you think? Do you and I'm not talking about levels. I'm wondering about why are we, why are we hitting having full contact hitting in the British Elite League? Why is there full contact hitting in some other league where there's literally no chance for these players to make it to the NHL? I mean, or like the pro league in in Russia or those. I'm talking about these other leagues. Where these guys have no, no chance. I mean, there are junior B leagues in Ontario where players go out and literally kill themselves, and they are going, they're going nowhere.
0: Because and- hockey, because because it's still hockey, man. It's still hockey. It's still hockey. You know, you choose to play hockey, understanding the, you know, the ramifications, the physicality of it, uh, the, the, you know, knowing you can get hurt, but you still make the decision to play. And you can't change the game just because people get hurt. Is that? Are we going to not drive because people get killed in car accidents? No. It's it's you don't you don't just change a, a game or change life just because something bad could happen. Something bad could happen no matter, even if you take hitting okay. out. All right. right. Well, I don't. Know. You
1: know? I I just I see it as unnecessary. But again, that's a conversation. Well, maybe a maybe fighting home. is
0: unnecessary. Fighting I can I I would I would. I wouldn't debate you on, but to totally change the, the game of hockey and takeaway hitting, it's Does one it, of the major, it's one of the major reasons why it's that the game is looked upon and loved so much by people. People go watch it.
1: Does it not you know? seem to you like there is more fighting right now?
0: There has been a lot. I think there has been a lot more. It's kind of There's interesting. Your
1: boy last night, Rev Colesar, got dropped with a heavy right Did he? by this, by this kid, Mac McElrath in uh, Washington. Ooh, Hard, right? Like this guy got punched in the face. McElrath gets jabbed by Colesar. Actually, looks like he kind of got used it to get angry, and then he just threw one bomb and just dropped Keegan Colesar. No,
0: mm, wow. that Colesar is a tough kid too. Very tough kid.
1: Uh, anything to add, Jr.? Before we get out of it, what time's your show tonight?
0: Uh, tonight, seven o'clock Eastern Time, four o'clock Pacific. Snipes and Stripes on NoFilter.net. Uh, obviously, tonight we will be hitting. Um, we will be hitting the Adam Johnson ruling. Uh, we will be hitting. Uh, is will Ovechkin will Ovechkin get to get to the the record? We're going to talk about his play so far this year and what's going on with him. Uh, I'm sure the frustration is immense with uh, with uh, Mister Ovechkin. I have,
1: I have a question for Tim Peel. Give it to me. Are the officials in the NHL? afraid to make a call because the league is watching they are so heavily monitored it seems like like every move they make they're almost f- too afraid to make a call or too it's afraid a, to it's, a,
0: it's, it's a great question i'm gonna pose that to him tonight so that well, will you make sure you fun.
1: pose it from me because right? fuck i don't want you getting yeah. any credit for a great question i
0: right? am posing it i'm gonna pose it from my my other teammate in my other podcast, Mr. Andrew Peters asks, yeah. are, and I'm going to say, are the referees chicken shit to make a call? I'm not afraid. <laughs> That's fine. Are they too chicken shit?
1: Well, are, and, and the, the, but the question that I'm asking though, is like, uh, do they feel like there's like added pressure to, or, or like, um, you know, almost like a player, like when they're gripping their stick too tight, you know, like, cause the coach is watching or every play is under a microscope. And and the officiating has been atrocious over the years. It's been terrible in the playoffs, and it just some of the calls, the calls that are missed versus the calls that that are actually called. I just wonder. I wonder what these guys are are actually doing
0: sometimes. All right, All right. you will you will get that answer tonight at seven o'clock your time.
2: That, that I think it it's you, a lot man? harder to do their job. Oh. Um, from what we think.
1: I, I believe if that. they think I they think... need to put somebody up top and monitor the game from up top and have it, have something in his ear where it's like, Hey Tim, yeah, you, you missed mean, that call in the corner, major league, five minute major boom, go to the video. He goes over to the box, takes a look. He's like, get in the box in the box. We didn't see that.
0: Yeah. That's that. That becomes part. We, we talked about this. Like we talked about offsides, right? Should offsides go to, to replay? I think we should take that offsides out because a lot of times it doesn't even affect the goal. And now we're stopping the games and going to replays and doing all this stuff. And people don't want that. you gotta got to have human error involved. But there's that still doesn't mean that these referees can't see what's going on. Like the referees that happened at the Las Vegas Golden Knights game against Seattle. And you had Jaden Schwartz throws his stick, throws his stick across the, the, the ice and stops a cross ice pass that was going to end up in the back of the net. And there's four referees on the on the two linesmen, two referees. Not one of them sees it. I mean, come uh-huh. on, these.
1: A, that's a big time charity game. Probably. I said, I said so. I, I said use that. One all I, said
0: to, I said to Tim Peel. I said, now when you have a play like that, and and it is a blatant miss, should a referee get fined for his for 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 missing calls like that? I said yes. He said no. Said, what did why? he say
1: about the interview? What did he say about getting interviewed after games? Didn't you ask him about that? Yeah, he while?
0: said he said again the same thing that the referees are protected, and yeah. you know what's what good is it going to come out here in a referee talk about what, what good is that going to do? But listen, players get suspended for doing for doing stupid things, or they get fined for a hit to the head. Or why doesn't referee why doesn't the referee get fined for missing an obvious? Obvious play call that could affect the game. It doesn't happen. I mean, I don't know. It's, maybe you that's often, another conversation. You often wonder
1: night. how like some gambler who loses like 10 grand on a game feels about the officiating some, some nights. And that's probably why they don't have names on the back of their shirts. Where does ref number <laughs> by the 52 way, live? By the
0: way, by the way, talking about gambling, man, did I lose a couple of games last week because of stupid dis- coaching decisions. Like.
1: <laughs> Oh, oh, you talking? Uh, you talking? Uh, Bills, Broncos, Don McDermott it? needs to be fired.
2: Fired. Mm. I still can't believe there's twelve players on the field in that situation, knowing, leading up to what they were doing, marching down the field. Okay, to not be prepared in that situation. <laughs> Is
0: mind blowing. Mind blowing. Hey, let's go to the prevent defense to prevent ourselves from winning. Idiots. You have a good
2: day, JR. All right, boys. Love you.